Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. With your host, Todd Martin. Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Christiana. Do you even go by Christiana now? I do not go Just by Christiana. Chris. Just Chris. Oh, so if I call you Christiana, everybody's going to have to go, oh, Who's so that? that's the same person, right? <laughs> I have to go by it like officially occasionally, but... Chris Roglowski. It's Roglowski. Roglowski. I say everybody's name wrong. I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> Most people say my name wrong, so you're not the only one. <laughs> um, so this is, this is kind of a treat. This is kind of fun because um, for all of the... Uh, Spartan racers out there or the the OCR obstacle course racing racing. they all know you as Chris and uh the smiling um competitor but I know you as an 18 year old little girl that would saddle my horses for me and wash my horses so this is like kind of a crazy different deal to see you kind of grow through all of what you've done um so tell me um I can start it off and tell me a little bit about like where once you once you left here yeah. and um, weren't um, saddling horses for me and watching horses <laughs> for me anymore. And and what what got you into doing the obstacle course racing? Yeah. Um, so um, I was I mean, horses and working at horse barns, that was kind of my introduction into like active anything I grew up like I mean you knew me growing up I was kind of like the whole homekeeping you know the goal was to kind of get married start a family um horses was kind of my introduction into like not so much getting out of that but kind of opening my horizons on like there are other options um so after I mean I was you know this is started getting involved with them here um I actually moved out to the east coast I guess, 2017, um, mm-hmm. following the horse dream because the horses, was, yeah. that was what I was interested in. Um, I was going to do um, English. I'd kind of gotten into the, some of the English side of things and eventing, three-day eventing, just like the kind of like the most, you the um, I guess it's like the most broad area of English on the English side of writing. Right. Anyway, so I moved out there. It was going to be like a summer job and... Um, Somebody from back here basically said, like, you have a lot of potential. You could do really well in this. Um, they had seen me riding a horse and said I had really good balance and, like, a balance that – a natural balance that a lot of people, like, can't even learn. Right. It was one of those, like, crazy, like – I don't know. Somebody, like, saw that potential in me. So going out east, like, I've never really wanted to go out east, but that was kind of my, like, well, if, like, there's a chance, like, let's explore it. Um Probably, um, I guess it was like six months before I moved, I had tried a Spartan race. Um, and I tried it because a lot of my friends were doing it. Everybody said it was really challenging. It was really hard. And I had done it. And I didn't know there was a competitive side to it, but it was just one of those like physically fit, like I can kind of take on anything. So I went and did it. It was like, it's kind of a joke, but whatever. Um, but I wanted, they have three different distances. So when I moved out east, there's a lot more races like within a close radius of you know it's just all more bunched up out there so i was like i'll get the other two distances while i'm out there so what was your first distance the first one was there actually one of their longer distances which is like a half marathon a half marathon trail running with obstacles so okay. they have up to like 30 obstacles on that one typically um and i was like this isn't that hard it was fun i was like this is like you know playing outside and so how'd you do your first one 
terrible. I went, so there's, so I, I had no idea there was the competitive wave. Like there's a competitive kind of elite side of it. So I just went, you have the competitive elite side and then you have people that just do this as like, just lost 30 pounds. I'm going to go do something crazy or right. just started running them, you know? So I did that one and, um, I found it. I mean, it was enjoyable, but it was in the middle of the day. It was hot. Everybody was walking. And I was like, this, you know, this is, I kind of almost felt like it was more for people that are trying to challenge themselves to do something like out of the ordinary. And to me, like, this was, this was just fun. Like, it's not a huge challenge. Like, I didn't feel super accomplished when I finished it. It's just like, that was fun. Anyways, um, out east, I went and did, I did their um, shortest distance. It was like a three mile. And when I did that one, I, wasn't really running or anything. I still just wanted to like kind of try it, but I decided like, I'm going to try to like go fast. And, you know, so I asked to go in a morning wave. Um, I was like volunteering in exchange for races, um, yeah. but I went in a morning wave and I tried to like run fast and I got the fastest time for those open waivers. So in the non-competitive side of things, I got the fastest time. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like it was fun doing it fast. Like it added that challenge yeah. that the first one didn't have. Um, so after that one, I finished working for that summer, um, and kind of through that summer kind of realized like, there's not really the opportunity I thought there was in this horse world, especially in the English world. I found out like, you have to have a lot of money. You pretty much have to have a background in it. Like there, there, it was hard to try to come into it as a, I guess, a young adult without the family, the you know, years of horse riding experience mm -hmm. and just kind of some experiences. I was like, you know what, this like, isn't for me. Like it is possible, but I was like, I don't think I'm that invested in it. Like it costs a lot of money, takes a lot of money. And kind of through finding this running thing, I was like, kind of rather do this. Um, so I went ahead and, um, the next, the races that I found out there were actually just a, up in Canada. It's probably like a seven hour drive, but I drove up to Canada and was going to do two races up there. So I was going to finish out that third distance but they had a, that weekend they were running like all three distances. So I started on Saturday with, again, that longest distance, but this one with now like the competitive idea of like, I'm going to try to run fast. So I ran it sort of fast, um, tried to keep up with like the front pack. I was running in the very first wave, which is the elite wave. Um, and I ended up coming in third at that race. So I came across in third. I had met some people, a group of people that run together in Canada. I still had no idea what I was doing, but I kind of, I came across in third. They were all excited. How, they were like, how much were you training? Like were you trained? Did you have time? I to was riding. I mean, I was, I rode all summer. You were riding, but you weren't like, I like, had, I'd run, I had plans to run that summer, but I don't, I've not, a, I was not a runner. So <laughs> they actually on the, 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 the property where we would ride the horses and they had the whole cross country jumps and everything. Uh -huh. Um, the local cross country team had set, or I guess they had a cross country meet out there and they'd set up a three mile cross country course. Huh. So I was kind of like the only running I did that summer was I went and I was like, I know this is marked out three miles. So I ran the three miles. It took me about, you know, 30 minutes. So I was like, okay, that's a good, like 30 minute run. I did that a couple times, but, um, I think just by, you know, riding, working, cleaning stalls, huh. all that kind of stuff. Like I was some Act level of active. Fit. Yeah, yeah. Active. So but I do, you know, on that first race, I would get tired and there was no, I didn't have that like endurance. I didn't have that mm -hmm. idea of like, you keep going. So I remember walking a lot. I would definitely like take walking breaks. I'm sure when I was running, I was running pretty fast. 
ish. Yeah. Um, and then I would like get tired and I'd walk for a bit until I like, you know, either saw somebody on a switchback and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start running again, you know? So, and the, the interesting thing with Spartan races is it's trail running, but it's also this obstacles. And if you fail an obstacle, there's the penalty. You have to do 30 burpees. So I think that probably, I think that also helped me do better because these obstacles, like they're challenging, they're slightly challenging, but they're nothing super complicated. And I didn't, I think I actually did fail one, but it was one of those things like, even though I wasn't running super fast, I was completing the obstacles, which kind of gave an edge to people who may not be as good at obstacles, mm. have to stop and do the 30 burpees, but I was able to go right through. Anyway, so I hit the podium. I got third place and um, the people in Canada that I'd met, they were like, this is like a big deal. They were like, you get like a cash prize for winning third place. And like, they were more excited about it than I was because I was kind of like, you know, I know what a podium, I know a podium is cool, right. but... Didn't really know anything that. Um, so I hit that first podium. Um, the next day I came back and ran like their middle distance, which is basically like a 10K, about six miles. And I got like fifth in that one. Um, I was like tired. I still, you know, like didn't yeah. know what I was in. Anyway, so that was kind of my first introduction to like, oh, like the competitive side of things. Yeah. Um, the following weekend I went back. I'd found, you know, two more races in Vermont that I went and did. Um and did I think I you know got top ten, but this was like in a mountain, and like at a ski resort. So you're oh. like going straight up these, and I had never done any kind of running and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think I got That's like a different condition to do too. Huh? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it was just totally different. Had totally no different. idea about that either. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I didn't even know. Like, it's crazy looking back now. Like everybody knows you have to train hills, you know, running and. But I had like never, like, I was not a runner. I didn't have a runner's mind. Like, right. none of that. So I was just like, I saw, oh, Vermont. I was like, I'll sign up for those races. I'll do those races. And then as it was coming up, Vermont is where, like, the founder of Spartan lives. And that's where, oh. like, they say this mountain where they have, you know, this mount this resort where they have this race at. It's, like, one of the worst ones. There's one point where you're heading straight up. I don't know if it's right underneath the ski lift or something, but they call it like a death march because you're going straight up for like a mile, a mile and a half. And it's just, I mean, it's steep, you know? So all this stuff that I hit and I'm like, it's really steep. I'm almost like crawling hands and knees, but, um, you know, just had no reference for like, obviously I knew it was harder than the one I'd done in Canada, but just like, well, this is fun. Like, let's try this. Um, so yeah, um, that was, that was kind of my introduction to running, racing. Um, so did somebody like start to, was there somebody that kind of like spent some time with you and talked or like kind of started explaining to you like training regimens and trying to get you into it? That didn't happen for a little while. For a little while? Yeah. yeah. I actually, so that was out East. Um, I came back and I was planning to move to Colorado just because I wanted to go out West. Like I had always wanted to go more West than East. Um, but I came back through, through meeting people at those races, I'd heard about this ultra they do. It's a, their Spartan ultra and it's the beast distance, which is, you know, about half a mile, I'm sorry, half a marathon, half a marathon. It's about like 13 miles and you do, you run the course once and then you run it again and they call it their like ultra beast An ultra, like an ultra marathon is anything that's over a marathon distance. So there's races 26 plus miles, um, so it's their ultra marathon. And I was like, that's crazy. Like it was, they say it's like 26 to 30 miles. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Who does that? Who runs that? But then I had the thought, like, I don't even, it's like a 20 hour time cap. And I was like, I could walk that. Like 
if I want that, I could still complete it. And that's kind of, I think that's what helps people get into the Spartan world and all that is really like anybody that completes it gets a medal. Like it's a big deal to just complete it. Yeah. So I was still like, I was like, you know what? That sounds cool. Like, why not do it? So there's one um, back here in Texas. And um, so I came back to Texas like beginning of October um, and spent some time with my parents and I was going to like be here for a month, do that race and then move out to Colorado. So I went and did that race and that, um, I was not at all prepared for that. Um, but it's through that race, I ended up meeting a lot of people that were more in tune with like the training side, uh. ended up getting introduced to where I ended up moving out to Houston through a series of events and, um, got involved with the gym there that now I've been with for like three years and they kind of introduced me to the whole side of like training running the whole know, science all, behind the, hell of yeah, it. <laughs> all that, the whole science behind racing and trying to win so so um that was it so in that so how much of a struggle was that that first time when you went and did that the the first ultra beast <clears throat> um the ultra beast was what i mean it it was a huge accomplishment. I felt very accomplished to finish it, but it humbled me like none of the others had. Yeah. And looking back, like, I think that kind of gave me the, uh, it got me, I guess, like, interested in those long distances because they take something out of you on a whole different level mm -hmm. than the shorter distance do. But I, um, it was basically, this one was a 15-mile loop. And you do it twice. So it was right at 30 miles. Wow. Um, I did, you know, starting out, you start in the morning. Um, this was, this was, it was very cold. So at the end of October, weather in Texas can kind of be all over. Mm -hmm. When I had done that, I had done that same spark, you know, say at that same location the year before it had been a really hot year. And so hot, everybody was having problems with hydration and cramping and all stuff. So this year that I did the first ultra, it was very cold. And I did not know it was gonna be cold until like that week of, they said like this cold front's gonna blow in. So the week of this race that I had no idea what to expect. Um, I went to the store, I bought leggings. I'd never really like worn running leggings, but I was like, I should probably wear something other than shorts. Um, so I bought leggings and um, when we started, it was, um, it was like, I guess, high 20s. It was below freezing when we started at like oh. 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, all of this was new. Like not yeah. only... <laughs> anyway, so we started out and... But I know like, you know, once you get moving, you warm up. Yeah. So within the first... Um, within the first couple miles, uh, they have a dunk wall. And their dunk wall is like oh uh, this pit of water. And they have like inflatable wall basically that is at the water level. So you have to go completely underwater. And it was one of those like, all right, we're, you know, just warmed up three miles into this. Oh my God. Just kind of warmed up. We went through this dunk wall and that I remember coming cool. out of there. It was terrible. I had uh, like frost on my shoelaces. My hair was like frozen solid. Like it was like, a, not frozen solid, but stiff. Yeah. So it was like full of ice. Um, oh my God. But that first lap I was like, let's go. Like, that's yeah. right. I knew I had to run to warm up, you know, and I actually stayed in first place that whole first lap because I was running. I had done a couple races by now. Like I was familiar with the obstacles and stuff. Um, at the halfway mark, they have like a transition area and I kind of, you know, asked questions in Facebook groups and stuff. So I knew like people were like, have something to change into, have food there. Um, 
you know, you can drop off your headlamp, your jacket or whatever from the morning. Um, so I came into that transition and I was like, oh, that was fun. But the second place girl was right behind me. And I was kind of like, I knew I shouldn't be running in first anyways. But I was like, well, I'm feeling good. I'm um, she passed me up there. And as soon as I left that transition area to go on my second loop, my hip flexors like locked up. So my hip flexors, like right where my legs attached to my hips. And I started like, I couldn't move my legs without like pain in my hips. And I was like, this is gonna suck. So I started out on that second lap, 15 miles and everything hurt. Like I was just kind of like, I have to do this again. You know, it's one of those like that first lap, oh, this is fun. Like, and then you realize like, wait, you're only halfway. I have mm -hmm. to do this all again. Um, that lap was miserable. Like I remember there were multiple times where I was like, uh, I just want to cry. <laughs> like, what am yeah. I doing out here? But I found, I was like, through doing the, through doing the other races, I found like one of the best ways to like pass the time, like have more fun is to like make friends out there, like talk to people, whatever. So I started doing that and I like talking to people and I realized if I like, acted like I was happy, especially there were other people in the same boat as me that were tired doing this ultra beast, you know? So anytime I saw, you know, they have the little jerseys that you wear to distinguish between, cause they're running, they start the ultra beast, then they start the regular beast. You know, so there's all kinds of people out there. So I started just talking to people and like trying to talk, trying to like, I guess kind of like distract from the pain. Yeah. Um, I think I, the second, the second place girl finished or passed me up at some point. I ended up finishing in third, like I think 30 minutes behind second place, but there just weren't a lot of people in the women's field. So I finished, I think the, I don't know, it took me six and a half, seven hours to do the whole thing. Um, and I finished and I was just like, I want to die. Like everything hurts, but... <sighs> I experienced that first high when you cross the finish line. You're yeah. like, I just did that. So, um, yeah. So it was one of those, like, and I, you know, I actually stayed and volunteered afterwards because I, I was kind of on, I mean, I've always been kind of low budget and I would volunteer. If you volunteer a certain number of hours, you can get a race for free. So every race I would like volunteer. I'd use that code for the next race, volunteer, use the next code. So I had a volunteer shift when I finished. I finished around like noon or one. Um, I think I was supposed to start volunteering at like three. I was supposed to volunteer from like three to eight. So had a little bit of time to like, you know, hose off, change clothes. And then I had to volunteer the whole evening and it hurt to walk, it hurt to stand. <sighs> everything hurt and i was literally almost just like trying not to cry but almost I was as like, bad as the race so yes and when i walked out to my car after that i remember i opened the car door and i went to get in and i couldn't lift my legs into the car like my hip flexors are just so shot i had to lift my legs into the car um yeah so that was it you know it was one of those experiences like what did i get myself into it's also one of those places where you probably found that you could Yes. Right? Yes. And that's why, that's why I've come back. It's, yeah. it's so addicting. Um, putting yourself through that kind of pain, like choosing to, mm -hmm. it sucks, it hurts. And then as soon as it's over, like you cross the finish line and it's like, I did that. You know, of course I was like, I will never do this again. <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever done, but give it a couple. Um, this was end of October couple months after that, I heard about a 50 miler and I had the 50 mile was beginning of April. So it was, I guess, five months later, is that almost six months later? Um, 
I'd done that 30 miles and it sucked. But like you said, like I did it. And so when I heard about this 50 mile and this was just trail, no obstacles, I was like, I've done 30 miles. What's 50? <laughs> 30 miles so look obstacles. at me signing up for 50. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, and it's this neat balance of like, it's the hardest thing I had ever done. Like I had never felt that pain before. I had never put myself through something like that physically. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you finish, it's that like, it's the best feeling ever. It does. It sets you at, at a place where there's very few that have pushed themselves yeah. past that, right? Yeah. Um, And it's, it's not even that, I think there's just something about having hit a spot that you didn't, for one, you didn't know was even doable, yeah. right? And almost yeah. seems like so insurmountable, right? Yeah. That just finishing it and third place is like rock star too, yeah. but, uh, but that you accomplished it, that all of a sudden it opens up your mind to what is possible, mm-hmm. right? All of a sudden you're like, I had, had no idea that was in that was in me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that's so I love that part, right? This yeah. all of a sudden finding out the possible is possible. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that was your point. That was it. Yeah, really. That race is what changed, and it's. I mean, it's been a process since then. Like I've, but yeah, thinking back to that race like that, it's one of those like it changed everything. You know, like oh. was- so. So, so where does the, where does the Dwayne Johnson Titan deal come into there? Was that before or after? That was after. That was after. after. So. How did that come about? So that's another. So this was end of 2017. I found like, this is cool. Yeah. I don't want to do this more. 2018, early 2018, I, or uh, yeah, I moved out to uh, south of Houston and there is a, um, gym there that got started through the owners did some Spartan races or had heard about Spartan race, started training for it. Kind of this similar, you know, similar approach to me where they came from not fitness and were like, this is cool. Takes a lot of work to get here. And mm-hmm. so they started training and he's basically, um, he, he and his friends started this gym, grip fitness. And they, I mean, they've changed so many people in that community through this, through the this concept of that obstacle racing, obstacle doing something you thought you couldn't do, mm-hmm. and doing it, and once you do that, like you said, it's a mindset. Like, what else can I do? So mm-hmm. there's all kinds of, um, I guess through that community of putting those intentional challenges into your life, overcoming them, and growing like as a person, as like in every area, it changes. It changes how you view every area of life. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So I moved out there. I told the owners there, I was like, look, I just started doing these. I'm like not bad at them, but I know it's based on like, it's just a talent thing. Like I'm just happen to be good, but I want to be better. And I know I have to work to be better. So I started, um, uh, the owner there, Kenny Stanford, um, really kind of, he was like, yeah, like we can help you get there. Started, uh, you know, working with me helping with, you know, kind of trying to get me into training. It took me a while to like become an athlete coming from a not athlete at all. And I think it was almost more difficult coming into it. Like, well, I can already do it. Like, why do I need to work for it? Mm-hmm. Like mentally, I know I do. But then I was like, physically, like, I can just kind of do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's one of the hardest ones. Like it's harder, I think, for somebody you know, like there's a saying in the um in several industries but it is 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 in the horse industry sometimes too is that um i 
will outwork your talent, mm-hmm. right? And that exists. You yeah. don't realize that it exists. When some people look back, stand back and look at somebody and they go, and they're like, Whoosh. He's not that athletic or he's not that great at it, but you know, he's just lucky because he's doing this. And like, no, no, and no, yeah. luck had nothing to do with it. That guy was outworked your butt and mm-hmm. still got further than what you did with your natural talent. Yeah. Right? I read a book um, even before this. I, fr- I don't know what it's called. It might even be, I think it's called Hard, we- Hard Work Beats Talent. But I, something that's in there is hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. Yes. And I knew, like, so I've carried that with me. Like, I have a lot of natural talent, and it's a struggle to work hard. And reading this book was so eye-opening for me where I was like, it's like all this talent is literally useless in the grander scheme of things if you don't work hard because literally anybody can outwork talent. Like, Mm -hmm. you can work hard and get a lot more places than you can just being talented. Now, there's something you so, said about that. Like that, I think that's something that. So it was kind of the same thing. Uh, uh, the re- reason why this is your your kind of your path and stuff is so like it's fun for me to watch. Yeah. Is because like I my took my first writing lesson. Yeah. At 21. Yeah. Didn't know a right lead from a lead. Nothing. Yeah. Right. At 21 years old, so it wasn't like I had been spent my time, my life riding horses, and all of a sudden decided, oh, I'm going to go ahead and become a pro. Yeah. Like you had to. I and I did. I had talent with it. I had. Yeah. I had talent. I had a way with horses and stuff. But yeah. uh, I, all of a sudden, I had to work through and put it together. Right. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I found a passion, and and almost for a good portion, I found an identity in it. Yeah. Right. Where I didn't have or didn't know what my identity even was. Yeah. But all of a sudden I found it like this is so now it's not just Todd Martin. It's like he's a horse trainer. Yeah. All of a sudden I had an like somebody called me something. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a horse trainer. Oh, yeah, I think I am. Right. Yeah. And now you're, you know, you're a uh-huh. racer. Yeah, yeah. You're a runner. Oh, you are. Oh, is that yeah. that? Is that that smiling runner? Is that? Yeah. The, yeah? <laughs> so now it's it's almost like so you get to find some a little bit of identity with yeah. yourself. Right. Yeah. And I had struggled with that. I tried with horses. I didn't really fit into the kind of the mold my parents had kind of like pushed me towards. I tried with the horses. So this was finally something where I was like, this is it. Like, and I still like, I'll, I still feel like, am I really a runner? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I guess I am now. I think you are, Christian. (laughs) Yeah. That is really cool, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's something that, um, so you're a ways off from this, but <laughs> what happens with most parents, right? Yeah. Is, you know, you try to, I mean, you can, you can fall into the idea of, of uh, finding your identity through your kids mm-hmm. at times, right? Or you're, you're trying so hard, and like I can imagine with your parents too, yeah. that, you know, you're trying so hard to um, give your kids the knowledge that you have, right? Then yeah. and, 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 and experience, you know, give you as much information and tell you and tell you and tell you. But the reality is for any of our kids, right, yeah. that you kind of have to find that yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a guy tell me um, just the other day that uh, you can't have a testimony without a test, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if, and you know, yeah, that's what you're getting. Hard is- Parents, parents oh, yeah. don't want to see their kids. No, I don't, I don't want to see my kids struggle. Yeah. Right? I don't want to see my kids, you know, have hard times and deal with that. Like, I just soon just like t- pick it up and take it, take the burden and, yeah. you know, do it. And I think we all do that as parents, right? You're Because yeah. you want so hard, you know, you're trying to, 
no matter what it is, you know, even if it's nothing more than just being successful, right? Because success is based on, you know, your own perception of what success is, Mm -hmm. right? You're successful, right? But if you did it by your bank account, you're probably not quite so successful yet, right? It's just because you know the the deal that you've decided to do doesn't pay, you know, like yeah, like yeah. a you know like an NBA player, yeah. right? Um, and that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, but because of that, you know, you're finding that in what you're doing, and you're finding it through not that it's like voila i'm good at this and i'm just going to do this and good like you're now you're having to struggle through it yeah and that's where you grow yep right yeah. it's if it wasn't for the hard like the hard hard run that first you know ultra yeah. that it was like you know you found out you could push through yeah yeah right? and it was one of those like the racing in general had some appeal but it felt like i just didn't know where to go with it cuz i was like this is fun it's not that hard it's like I'm kind of good at it, but once I realized like this is an area, not that I'm e- I was even like looking for an area to challenge myself in, but when I realized there's an area that I can challenge myself in through that challenge, feel that reward, that accomplishment. Yes, that was what it was, and it took that ultra. And so even now, like everything that I do, I do a lot of the shorter distance. I've gotten a lot faster, competitive at a higher level because those races I did, you know, when I first started. There weren't a lot of top people there, you know, so they weren't as competitive, all this kind of thing. I'm now like putting myself with, out with the top people and doing decently well at the short distance stuff, but I can't leave the ultras alone. Like there's kind of the same <laughs> like with runners that you peak um, like on your speed end of things mm-hmm. in your, you know, 20s, early 20s, 20s, and you don't peak um, endurance wise until 30s or even 40s. Mm. And so most people kind of like the established route is like, run fast while you're young. When you start losing that, you can't you can't keep that top end speed forever or theoretically. Like you do lose some capacity for that. Then you can start doing the longer stuff. Um, but build up, you know, get that speed. Do the speed while you can. Um, and I like tell myself that like I'm young. I need to like run fast, but something about like the challenge and the the some you know the accomplishment of those longer distances i just can't leave them alone so <laughs> i would imagine that um that would be a healthy way of doing it right even though i mean i'm gonna open the door so we can get a little, little air um not that um like i know you're like now would be the time to be really competitive in the in the the shorter distance but you know sometimes just accomplishing you know, like running that longer distance doubling the distance makes the shorter seem even shorter right yeah yeah. and it gives you even a a bigger perspective so for me with the horse deal right yeah showing whenever i would do i would push myself to local end um i was doing really well right Mm -hmm. but um i could have stayed this you know big fish in a small pond right yeah but i pushed myself to run with the guys that were way ahead of me or that had a lot more horse than I did, right? Yeah. And I would come in there with lesser horse, but I would push myself. But every time, yes. And every time I came back from one of those shows, I would come back with a whole new perspective. Like I learned so much from losing at some of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. That it gave me whenever I come home, it was okay. So I would have never known what I was lacking or what I needed had I not put myself in those venues, Yeah. right? Yeah. And it's, you know, that part right there of realizing what's past it and what you were probably, you may have had like a a mental block at, at you know, mile 11, mm-hmm. you know, you're crashing there and then you crash at, you know, mile 25 in a 30 mile. They're like, 
I can imagine, like, now the 11, you're like, coast, man. It's definitely, like, mentally, like, big picture, it's been huge. It's been a game changer. But when it comes to, like, the pure physically, like, athletic development side of things, it's a little, there's a little less of an advantage because there is a value, you know, they've kind of figured out how things work over the years. Well, Um, and I think that something that was really important on that is realizing that as soon as you start to get to a certain level there's not a lot of difference between you and first place and third place that you girls are all really good at that point right it's any given day who's going to be first and who's going to be third right but it's the mental part that gets you past that right and that's like mentally i enjoy where those those harder those longer races Mm -hmm. put me yeah and where i come back from it and so as much as I mean, I've now I've like chosen to kind of pursue the shorter thing more. Uh, I say that more seriously. I still do a lot of longer distance, but choosing to like, I'm like, you know what? I need do need to prioritize, prioritize the shorter ones. And in speaking to, you know, sponsors and coaches, I've told them like, I'm focusing on the shorter ones, but I'm not giving up the longer ones. Like I will still do them. I'm not really trying to be that competitive at them. I'm not competitive at them really yet because there's I mean there's a lot of growth that happens there but I've told them like I do that for the experience like Mm -hmm. I just enjoy it like it's physically hard on me but it is mentally so rewarding and so satisfying and physically I can handle it and so I'm like I just I can't give it up like um have you have you have you experienced anybody um playing with the mental aspect um, and using it against you in the races? Um, not especially. I think, uh, I mean, I don't really, nobody else has really done that to me. Um, I guess now like hearing other people's talk, hearing what other people say, mm-hmm. um, it could mentally get to me, but I still feel like it's something like nobody's actually directly, applying that to me right and but you could do it to yourself yeah so i hear these things and i think (laughs) like i could apply myself but i think i've had a i've definitely chosen to not let that you should get to me yeah Yeah. um but being aware of it right is really important too yes um there was a there was a time frame in the uh triathlons um that um so when i was like 19 Mm-hmm. And I was in the military and I did my first mini triathlon and I did it with my dad actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And he came up to, I was stationed up in Lubbock and okay. he came up and he ran a, uh, a mini triathlon with me and I got, it was a pool swim. Okay. And so after we did lap, did the laps in the pool, right. I, I stuck around and hung out and waited till my dad. He like, one yeah. of the last ones coming out of the pool, right. Yeah. And he came out and then we had a bike and it wasn't that far, just okay. a, a mini. 18 or something. I asked yeah, something like that. And then it was a run of three or something like three mile run afterwards or something like that and um and um the old man almost caught me in the run because i I hated running (laughs) i really like cycling a lot right yeah and he almost caught me in the run it was a killer for me because i didn't like last thing i needed was my old man to come and catch me right um but at that time um one of the one of the greats was a guy named i think it was guy allen i think was his name and he was a top, top triathlete. And David Scott 
was okay. a top, top triathlete. So it was like way before you were born, yeah. right? And um, like a ways before you were born. <laughs> and uh, and one of the comments, so there's a documentary. It's, it's written about it. And actually, he's done some really good talks. His name, uh, uh, Guy Allen has. Mm-hmm. I swear his name's Guy. But, um, uh, and he talks about how um, David Scott would crush him. Yeah. Right. And they're on the runs and he would be ahead of him. Right. And he's doing it and whatever else. And it would just be a look mm-hmm. that David would get or it would be just a, a scoff whenever he would pass him or something it would just cr- totally crush him. Yeah. Right. And and just, you know, and he's and his deal was, you know, like, how do you beat a guy who actually like strains his rice to get all the the, you know, the carbs out or whatever it was that, you know, yeah. he was trying to do. This guy was like, you know, all about it. Right. Yeah. But the mental game was what kept him from being able to do it. And yeah. it's a it's a really pretty cool talk, a pretty, a, pretty cool documentary that yeah. he talks about, about how he did it. And and once he beat him. Then it was on. Mm-hmm. Then the big deal, like he beat, David Scott beat him for like a series of like three to five years and he just couldn't get it past. And all of a sudden, bam, he did it. And once he did it and he saw that it was obtainable, mm-hmm. it was game on, right? Because yeah. then you couldn't get him because he knew that he could, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a big step. Yeah. But it's a big step. Like right now, most of those, since there's not a lot of money and it's not necessarily big, you know, sponsors yet or whatever yeah. that you're not seeing that cutthroat part, but that becomes part of it. Yeah. Um, well, even with that, like I, um, just this last, last weekend I was in Georgia and it was a like six mile race and somebody, it was pretty close. There were like the top three of us were close for pretty much the entire race. I was leading it most of the time. Um, but when we finished the girl that had run right behind me for most of it, she made the comment about something like, you don't look back when you run. And I had heard this said once, and I thought to it, because I had heard it said once before, like, don't look back. And I've seen people, like little kids, when they look back at who's behind them, one, they slow down, mm-hmm. and the person behind them gets in their head. And I had heard, like, you know, don't look behind you. I've since heard them, like, no, it's fine to look back. Like, you should know where you are in the field, whatever. But I have that like in my head, like, don't look back. So I choose not to look back. And I realized like, it's not that I never look back, but I never look back when I think that the people behind me can see me looking back. And it's a mental game because if they see me looking back, they know now that I'm aware of them. And that gives them mental strength. Me seeing where they are only like it's taken me back. Like it's mentally taken me back. So I focus on what's ahead and, um, and I realized that I realized I do it kind of for myself just to focus on what's ahead mm-hmm. and kind of for the person behind me to get in their head. Like, I don't care that you're behind me. I don't care that you're close. I don't care if you're far. I'm doing my race. So it doesn't give them that mental like strength to know, oh, she knows I'm behind her. Like that gives them a mental And it's advantage. such a small so, deal, right? Yes. It's such a small deal and it is huge. And I didn't realize how much, because I've had people look back at me and I know that feeling of like, they know I'm here. Gotcha. They know I'm coming. Yes. yes. And it's a mental win for the person yeah. behind me. And I'm in so your I head. Was, I will look back. I will definitely look back to kind of see where I'm in the field, but I make sure it's like, you know, if I'm jumping over a wall and I can like inconspicuously kind of take a glance back <laughs> or if I like, make a turn or something like where I can kind of glance back and see, Oh, there's nobody there or see, Oh, there she is. You know, but I, I have like, I, I try not to look back and definitely if I know there's somebody close, I'm not looking back. Yeah. Right? Almost best so. if somebody turns around and looks back at you and go, Hey, yes. hey I see you. <laughs> hey. I see you. <laughs> uh, that's good. Those are, 
you know it i love that part yeah. right i love that part of of uh of of competition that yeah. you know and not not like oh i'm gonna go mind screw somebody on you know what the deal is but it's yeah. part of the game right and it's and i found too um i will say like with doing this race i did in georgia the weekend before that i had done a race in arkansas and it was 95 miles in a weekend which is holy smack more than what? what any of my competition in georgia was running and i found like i know what i'm capable like a certain, I have a certain level of confidence. I can, again, like I can let it get in my head. Like I just ran 95 miles that last weekend. I'm probably not as fast as any of these girls here. Like my legs are still recovering in some way. Like these girls have been training I don't training do 95 speed. miles in my truck on a weekend. <laughs> what are you doing? That is the most classic response <laughs> to like, oh, I run a hundred miles. I don't even like driving a hundred miles. Oh so. man. But, um, but I have found to not only like it builds my confidence. And again, it kind of plays mind games on them. When I come into a six mile race the next weekend, it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick. These girls are tuned in for the six miles. And I come in, I feel great. I feel even if I am a little like I had uh, last year, I had a problem with like my Achilles. I went from a hundred mile race to, I guess it was a, um, a um, what was it? It was like a half marathon trail distance, you know, Spartan race. And I came into it, and at that whole week, I had been dealing with my Achilles being all swollen and lumpy and, like, couldn't run. Like, it was an issue. But I had, like, done, I'd gone to the chiropractor, done the work, like, trying to fix it, mm -hmm. taped it up, and I still came into that 13-mile race. Like, I am set. We're all good. So even when I am doing the stuff, but especially when I'm not, I come in, and I'm 100% confident that I can take out anybody in this field. I've raced most of these ladies, like, and even if nobody, like, are you good? How are you feeling? Like a lot of us will be like, you ready for today? The answer is always yes. Ready to race, ready to run, feel fantastic. Like, and it's again, one of those, like I found like it helps build my confidence and it definitely doesn't give them any confidence because I ran 95 miles and I'm ready yeah. to go again. You know? So it's one of those like, so what, uh, um, so back to the Titan, back deal, to the Titan games. Right. Yes. So, so that, has to give you a whole nother edge on being in front of people watching and having that pressure because that's something yeah. completely different in competition. Definitely. So um, after spending, you know, so I'd had that big race. I, you know, with this gym that I was involved in, again, with the whole building me as an athlete and as a person, um, Somebody had mentioned, it was probably like April of that next year. I'd been, you know, meeting people through here. I'd been doing some like smaller local races, doing pretty good. Won some place in some, but they were, you know, just smaller ones. Uh, somebody mentioned, or I'd seen even like The Rock is putting out this show. You can apply to get on it. And I was just like, I don't care, like whatever. Um, somebody told me though that they had either emailed the casting director or something and somehow they needed women. They didn't have enough women applying. So this friend of mine said, like, you should just apply. Like they, like they need women. They don't have enough women applying. So just apply. So I was like, sure. Why not? So they had a deadline for sending, for submitting like your application. And I sent it in like the night before I was just like, I'm just going to fill this out. You're supposed to like, when you apply to a TV show, you're supposed to have pretty much all of them. Have you send in like a two to three minute, like video kind of like, who you are, just tell a little bit about you because, you know, they're trying to cast for these shows and they want right. to know. 
Anyways, I was, you Need know, some drama the night, around it. The night, yeah. yeah. A lot of them want, like, your backstory. Yeah, yeah. They want to know, you know. So, I filled out this, you know, it's an extensive application with, you know, all these questions, whatever. And then when it came to the movie clip, I was like, I don't have time to make anything. So, I went through, like, the videos I had on my phone. Um, I was nannying at the time. So, I had a video of me, like, playing with the kids in the backyard and doing, like, handstand walks. I was like, that's cool. Like, that's a video of me doing something and, like, whatever. So, that was, like, the little video I attached onto my application. I sent it in. I was like, you know, whatever. Probably, like, three weeks later, I got a phone call from one of the casting directors, whatever, and they said, hey, came across your application. Um, You're, like, exactly what we're looking for. I'm pretty sure you're exactly what we're looking for. We want, like, everyday people, but that want to challenge, you know, athletic, everyday people. You know, they didn't want the, like, professional athletes, the trainers, whatever. So um, they ended up, like, I think to kind of – he was basically, like – I'm going to like video call you and we'll basically put together a little introduction video so that he can present it to the actual casters, the people casting the show, whatever. So we had like this phone call. We just kind of talked about, I was kind of like, you know, I started running last year at this point I'd done a 50 miler and I'd gone like third place in that. Again, I completely died, but I did it. Um, So I was kind of like, you know, I ran a 50 miler. I do this running. I'm a nanny. Just kind of having fun with it. And they ended up accepting it. So then I got a call like, hey, um, they want you to be on the show. But uh, or so it was like kind of the initial step. So that summer, probably like July, I guess, June, July, they were going to fly out. They basically picked like 120 applicants and they flew them all out to California for this combine um, to kind of like meet people. It's like a big TV show, you know. So basically there were five different things they did. They were like... Um, a strength, you had to do like a max deadlift. They wanted you to see you like running on a treadmill, just like your aerobic um, fitness. Uh, they had like a little monkey bars set, which I was like, I can do that, you know. Again, just kind of like, you know, yeah, full body, you know, or full, you know, fitness. Um, and then they had a little uh, like obstacle agility course. You just kind of like agility pulls, some kind of heavy something, maybe a sled push. And, and then the fifth one was an interview where they sat you down and just kind of did an interview. Cause I, and I think it's because I'm sure trying to like figure out your personality. Like, are you a good yeah. TV personality, whatever. So I went out there, uh, they flew me out there and here I was like, I hadn't even been running. I'd maybe been running for just at well running. I'd been racing for about a year. I'd been training for about six months <laughs> and they flew me out there <laughs> and I got out there and I was like, this is a joke. Like everybody out there was super fit, super strong. The girl that I like rode on the shuttle from the airport to this hotel from, she can like deadlift 450 pounds. Um, all these people like wander around super buff. And I was just like this little, I was 20 at the time. Like, just like, hey, yeah, I run a little bit. Um, I just started getting in shape. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. And looking back now, it's even more crazy. And I got on. Um, after the combine, like I did okay. in some, Oh, another one they had was like a high jump, a long jump, a sprint. I had no concept of like sprints. Like it's like, I can run, but you know, that front end speed, I just didn't have, I had never really done it. Um, so they did all the little tests. I was like, this is fun. Like I was enjoying the experience. I was like, this is neat. Um, and then they sent us all home and they're like, we'll call you in like 
two weeks and let you know if you made it. Because out of those 120 people, they were going to select 64 people, which is what, 32 guys and 32 girls. So I was like, okay, this is fun. Like, this is a fun experience, whatever. Well, three weeks, three weeks later, um, I got the call that I was on and I was still like, this is a joke. They just want me to come out so they can like knock me out. Like, and nobody knew what to expect. So nobody knew like, so we're supposed to come back for filming in September and it was going to be, you know, everybody's coming out of mid September or something. Um, and I was still like, this is kind of a joke. Um, but it, I was, I was also like, this is a cool experience. Like who gets to do this? Like I'm definitely going. Right. So again, I showed up there. I was like, all these people are so fit. I've got nothing here. But when they started, um, I think, and it comes back to the mental side of things again, uh, going to check out. So they had built this huge arena um, in a, it's like a parking lot, like a big, you know, I guess facility. They had built this big arena and um, it was, they would film it at night. It was like this open air arena that they'd built out there. And in the day they would bring us over like, it was a single elimination competition. So you'd get paired up with somebody, whoever won, moved on, whoever lost was kicked out. See you later. So, yeah. yeah. So they started, you know, so now they were starting to explaining things. Um, the day of our filming with, you know, everybody was filming on different days, whatever. They would bring us out, you know, around four or five in the afternoon. They'd walk us around the set. Um, they had different challenges like in Venmo you know, that they yeah, built the crazy them. ones. Yes. And nobody had ever seen any of this before. So like, how do you do that? I started. Yes. So I started kind of realizing and, you know, meeting these athletes and talking to them, they all had like, I'm a power lifter or, you know, I'm a, um, uh, well, let me think of what else was there. A crossfitter, you know, whatever it was they had, or strongmen. There were several strong where they do like all the heavy lifts and things yeah. and stuff. So everybody had again, like this identity. They all, Oh, this is what I do. And I started realizing, like, watching them see these new challenges, I saw the new challenges and I was like, this is cool. Like, let's figure this out. Um, some of them were Spartan racers. I think at least two, uh, several of them had, like, run one or two. Some of them were a little more competitive in them. So I was like, okay, there's some people that I can kind of relate to. Because I was still, like, I run. Yeah. I'm, like, not too scrawny because I have to be able to, like, do these. The, some of these obstacles are more strength-based. But I was still, like... I'm just kind of doing my thing. Um, but seeing them see the challenges. So they would bring us out and some parts of it we could track because they were like, it's going to be on TV. We want you to look sort of good, but we're not going to like let you practice. But some parts of it, they were like, you know, feel what this feels like, you know, punch a wall. Cause at one point you have to be punching a wall and climbing up it, you know, different things. So, and watching everybody else, I could tell like everybody else is like freaking out and everybody else has their identity already built. And this is, such like it's way out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing pretty quickly, like this is new for everybody. Like we're kind of all in the same playing all field. All on a level playing field. Yes. And so. And then you add the crowd in. Yeah. So the crowd, the cameras, yeah. all the, the pyro stuff. And then the rock is there, like all this. So, <laughs> but it was really uh, from the beginning, you know, coming into it with like, this is crazy. This is stupid. Like, I don't know why I'm here. And then kind of realizing, like, I mean, it's a neat experience. That was the way I viewed it the whole time was, yeah. like, how cool. Like, <laughs> I'm literally a nobody, and I get to be here. And then realizing, like, you know, nobody else knows what they're doing either. Like, mm -hmm. we're all in the same boat. Hey, everybody else is a nobody, so, too. Yeah. So it was really neat the whole time. Like, you know, so the first day I went, even then, um, 
I was paired up with this girl that I had found on Instagram. I kind of looked her up and she did American Ninja Warrior, which I would consider like I'm good at obstacles and stuff. So she did American Ninja Warrior. She did CrossFit and she also did the Spartan races. And I was like, she literally like, I don't have like, she's really good. She's really good at everything that I'm sort of good at. So I was like, I don't really have a chance. This girl's like, she was shorter, but like all muscle yeah she was but we went to the challenge that they were going to have us do with this uh pole vaulting thing whereas like these platforms i think it's like six eight foot platforms and you had this long pole you had to plant it and then you use your momentum to jump from one to the next and so that afternoon they brought us out and they're like everybody try this you know just try it to make sure you get the feel of it and it was what the challenge was which you do like five down and then you had to switch out the pole for a heavier one maybe, and then come back, plant the pole, and then climb up the pole to pull a ring down. Something crazy like that. And I was like, that's crazy. I've never pole vaulted before, but like I figured it out, you know? And that was kind of, so as we are they had us, you know, jumping back and forth just from one to the other to kind of feel what it feels like. And um, in the process of that, like there were several people that were gonna do that same challenge. So it was a group of, you know, eight of us or something. Um, one girl, didn't make the jump. I don't know what happened. She ended up falling and like chipping her tooth. Oh. And so, and I think that got in the girl that I was going against. It kind of got in her head. And she was, I was watching her. She was having a hard time figuring it out, figuring out how to get that momentum. So I was watching her. I was like, okay, like this is going to be good. She's way more like her resume. She's way better at this than I am. But like when it comes to this specific challenge, like I might actually have her. So then they go, you have to do all the hair and makeup. They get the arena ready. They get, you know, all the shots they want or whatever. And they bring you out just two at a time to do your challenge. Well, we were going to be, I think, later on in the night because they, you know, start at eight or nine, go into like one or two. So we were just kind of chilling in this athlete area. We got our hair and makeup done. They called both of us out and brought us out. And they said, um, this girl had gone and talked to the psychologist that they have there and said that she was uncomfortable doing the challenge. And because of that, they were going to switch us to a different challenge. And this different challenge was, it ended up being the first challenge I did where it's this uh, A-frame. Oh, you're pushing that This A-frame thing. You have to pull these poles out, these 100-pound posts. You have Mm -hmm. to pull two of them out. And then what it turns into is the one at the center turns into a tug-of-war. And I was like, I don't even have a chance. Like, this girl is way stronger than I am. Like, this is ridiculous. So I was really upset. I was like... Here, like, I kind of figured it out, like, maybe I do have a chance. Yeah. And she went and, like, she was all like, I didn't know they were going to do it. But I was like, yeah, like, I was not happy with it. Nobody like, knew you, what we were going to do. What? Nobody knew what we were doing. Yeah. This is new for all of us. Like, you can't, you came here to do something new. You can't yeah. just say, oh, well, but not that. So I was a little upset, but I was like, all right, this is it. This is where I'm going to get knocked out. It's going to be the end of it. Um, so they let us, you know, they were like, hey, you know, come feel what these poles feel like. Um run up the sides, you kind of, cause it's like, there's foam that you run on first or something. It's like, okay, like this is it. Um, but it turned out that first challenge, um, it was really, I mean, the whole experience was really neat because it was one of those, like, you know, like I said, like I'm here, Yeah. how cool is this? When we were waiting to start that challenge, you have like a starting point and the rock was like up on this little platform introducing each of the, each of the, you know, episodes. And I, we're sitting there waiting once the little pyro go off, goes off is when you go, we're sitting there waiting. And he was on my side of the arena and I like heard him cause they're, you know, they've got their cameras up there, but I heard him saying something about like, you know, uh, this girl and Christiana Roglowski. And I was just kind of like, 
that's my name that you just said. <laughs> Such a surreal experience the yeah. whole time of like, I'm here. Um, and it ended up, you know, we went into this challenge and I pulled those poles out way faster than she did, made it up to the top and got that top pole, post pole, pulled almost all the way through before she even got to it. Cause you had to pull two out before you went to the center. So I ended up winning that first challenge. It was just one of those like, well, I just won this, like what? Yeah. And that was kind of like the, I feel like the mentality kind of carried through the whole thing. Like, well, here I still am. Like yeah. I was having a blast, like, and that was, I guess my first like competition kind of on that bigger playing field. And I think that's kind of what set the stage for a lot of things of like, how lucky am I to be here? Mm -hmm. How lucky am I to be doing this? And like, this is fun. And like, win or lose, like whatever happens, like I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be doing this. Yeah. And, and it showed. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you really, yeah. you can see it. Like you're just like having a blast. Like, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. And so, where I noticed it was on the last part where you had to like bust through the deal and get that yeah. key and turn, put it in and turn the key like that yeah. part. We, so it, you, you probably had no idea, but all the kids here at the house were like, you know, oh, so, so excited and getting ready yeah, to watch you do yeah. it and everything else. And it was that when you pulled it out at that, that like it and, you know, I'm sure, you know, I know how editing works and everything yeah, else, too, yeah. and how tight it was. But, oh, my gosh, like the that last part where there was that was almost like such a distinction of the belief and try. And there was no hesitation in what you did. Yeah. And there was just enough hesitation in what she did that kept her from doing it. Yeah. Like it yeah. was so close, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was just that, the confident and just, you know, like pushing through. It wasn't about whatever it was, just you stay with task and did it. Yeah. And it was just yeah. so much fun to watch. It was, yeah. yeah. I, the it. I, I saw the mental part of it. Like yeah. I could see the mental part so much and it showed up in, in the yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. That's really cool. So that's how that happened. And that was huge for me because I, again, I showed up feeling like, I have no right to be here. What am I doing here? And then I did well. And I, I realized like, I may not have all the background that these people have. I don't have, you know, years of training and all of these, you know, several of these people have done different sports. Like they're so versatile that, but I was like, you know what? Like mentally I'm in a good place and I like where I'm mm -hmm. at mentally. And the more I've like read and met other athletes and like kind of tried to, you know, I guess kind of dissect it some, I've realized like, just how important that is and how, um, I guess, different ways that I either consciously or subconsciously keep that alive. Like, so mm -hmm. even now, like racing at a bigger level, everybody shows up and we're all, you know, sizing each other up. We know who are the really fast people. We knew, we know like who's been winning lately, you know, on this like national level. And every time I show up and I'm like, pretty sure I can like beat these people. Um, these people are, probably out of my reach but it's like none of that really matters like to me what matters is that i'm here i get to race this i get to race against these people mm -hmm. and like and anytime you know there's there's like the easy side of that we're like how cool is this like i get to be here and then there's times mainly in the hundred milers where i hit a point where i'm like this sucks i hate this everything hurts and there have been several times where i've especially more recently being more aware of it where I've had to have that mental shift of like, okay, like force yourself to smile. Like you're alive and you're doing this. You mm -hmm. just run like 80 miles. You got another 20 to go. And yeah. like, you're doing it. You're doing it. You've done it before. You can do it again. Um, and it's just been, yeah, it's been a huge, um, I guess they, 
um, the, the founder of Spartan wrote a book that I read and his was basically like everybody in life, like faces difficulties, faces things you don't expect. Your car breaks down, you lose, you know, whatever. And those things throw you off. Like they're mental challenges. And, um, what, like what I found through racing and what he's found like through all this is when you choose to put those mental challenges in a race, in a fun setting, you put those challenges in and overcome them. It helps you in racing. It helps you in running, but it changes things in life as well. Mm -hmm. And I've like, you know, I, I would say I have a pretty easy life, but it's also, I face my own things. And, um, I feel like having the mentality that I've built and am building from running, I'll notice sometimes like, well, that really sucks. Like something will happen. I'm like kind of screwed. And then you just like, you can't do anything about it. Like, uh-uh. so I'm just going to ride it out and do the best I can. And like, just kind of is what it is. And uh, um, you made a, a comment that I, I don't want to forget, okay. right? That about your first ultra, okay. right? And when you started to do your second one and what you did, that uh, one of the things that you were talking about was like started interacting with other people and just yeah. kind of doing that part. So one thing you occupied your mind right? With something else, but yeah. you also did something that you're good at, which is like the friendship, the meeting, the fun, finding yeah. the fun in it again yeah. and giving yourself something to focus on. That's not the other. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I've heard it said, uh, a friend of mine who went through, um, Navy SEAL buds training. Yeah. Right. And he, one of the things that he was saying about it was that whenever that part of your body's hurting so bad, you just have to turn that part of your body off. Like you just yeah. like turn that part off. Just like, yeah. so, and, but if you concentrate on it, it's all you it think worse. about. It gets yes. worse. Right. Yes. And it's all you're focusing on is the trouble, the heart and all. And the only option is to quit. Right. Yeah. And whenever you eliminate that by going, turn that part of the body off and I can concentrate on helping or doing something, but if somebody else or encouraging somebody else, right. Pouring into somebody else on it. Like that's when this, you aren't focusing on your troubles. Right. Yeah. Um, and you can, and, and the outcome is better, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. like if the outcome becomes, it, it doesn't take away the fact that you're doing it, but it's, it makes it look completely different, yeah. right? Um, a guy, I had a guy that um, I started doing uh, a little bit of sports psychology with. Yeah. And in the earlier part of my career, right? Uh-huh. And I really wanted, to, and I was, I had been reading a bunch on different different books on sports psychology and stuff, and, and I had a guy that was helping me out with it, right? And um, and one of the things that he said is there, there was a comment that he made to me before I was getting ready to go into one of my bigger rate uh, competitions, right? Yeah. And it's such a hard deal because like controlling the mind is such a hard thing at times, right? Yeah. But controlling the mind when what you're controlling affects the horse you're riding makes it like doubles down, right? Yeah. And then it becomes your emotions. So like you you can work on your brain, but your emotions and your feeling is run through the horse too. And then it makes the horse work a certain way too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so it just, it, like if you don't hide it or if you don't got work on it, right? Yeah. It comes out no matter what, yeah. right? So one of the things that he said before we got going into a competition was um, he said, unleash your grace gave me a whole different perspective right yeah that you because i want to be aggressive like my go-to is like hard aggressive and that doesn't work on every horse there's a couple horses that you can do that with yeah and i worked well with those but the ones like i've got a couple now 
one of my favorite ones right now, and I think he's going to he's turning into slowly one of the most most favorite horses ever. Yeah. Right. But he is he will internalize everything bad thought I have. Right. Huh. He takes and turns it upon himself. Right. And I never before earlier in my career, I never gave a thought of what they thought. I could yeah. care less what they thought. Right. Yeah. But in order to understand, unleash your grace, you have to understand what grace is. Mm-hmm. Right. And grace is not just being nice. Yeah. Right. Grace is it's unearned favor. Yeah. Right. You don't yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Right. It's not something you worked for. You did nor do you even in the slightest bit deserve that grace, right? Yeah. But it's given to you anyhow, yeah. right? And when you're racing or you're going and it's, you know, your competitor, whoever it is, right? That it's, 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 or it's somebody else that you're lapping or whatever else yeah. that you give the t- two seconds to encourage or to whatever. They didn't earn it. They didn't earn it. They're way behind you, right? They, they didn't, they're not where you're at. They didn't earn any of it, but you give it. Yeah. Right. And when you're volunteering afterwards that you're giving it yeah. and you see that whenever you're doing it and you're you're competing. I like to see it because I'm watching you smile. Right. Yeah. And when you are, it's like it's almost like you're giving it to yourself. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. like, I, I didn't earn, don't deserve it. And it's what, you, it's what you see when you see somebody go out there and compete recklessly. Yeah. Right. Where you compete with no inhibitions. You're not sitting there worried about where the podium is or where you're at in the standings. It's yeah. just like, hot dog, I'm here again. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Right. Yeah. Um, it's a cool place. Yeah. And it's it's I've, I haven't heard it said that way, but I really uh, like that because yes. that's a good way. Like, I feel like a lot of people on the start line have this pressure of like, I did well previously, I need to do well here. Or I did terrible previously, I need to do well here. Whatever it is. I got something to prove. Yes. Yes, I got to rule. None of that. So you're right. It is giving yourself that allowance. No matter what's happened in the past, today you get to show up. You get to run your best for today. Mm -hmm. That may not be your best last week. It may not be, but it's your best for today. And whatever that is, like, that's your race. Yeah. Um, It's a cornerstone of coaching. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's pretty cool. Um. And definitely, I mean, in these races, there's a lot of mistakes to be made. And I even, um, the Spartan has their national series. So they have basically five five races throughout the year that they put a bigger cash payout on. And it draws like the big competition. So they have this series with each series through your placement, you earn points. And at the end of this series, based on your points, not only are you doing well in these races and getting money, but based on how you do throughout the series, you can get bigger money at the end. So I went and did the first, really the first one. I, I'd done one last year as my very first one. This is my first. I'm going to do the whole series this year. So showed up to the one is uh, early March, I guess, last month. Um, and we went out hot. Everybody's running fast. Like it's the first race of the year. Nobody really knows what everybody's been doing training over the winter, you know. So a big variable for me in these races is the spear throw. They have the spear throw. You have to throw it and hit a target. It has to stick. If it does, and it's one of those like spear spear throwing like is a skill, but it's also like intuition. Your rope can be messed up. Your spirit like there's oh. so many variables to it. So yeah. like I'm not terrible at it, but I I'm not like a hundred percent like good at it. So it's one of those things that I'm. It's one of like every time I come to it, I'm like could get it. I could not like, so if you miss it, you have to go do 30 burpees. And I came into it. There were a couple of obstacles before it. And I had racked up some time on the obstacles. I'd been passing up some of these people. I came into this spear throw at, um, 
with third place, I think, with the girl that was currently in third place. I was mm-hmm. like third, fourth place. I came up to it and I was like, I heard the one of the like they have rabbits that are following us and like filming this. I heard them say like Chris in fourth because I, I didn't really realize where I was. I passed some people in obstacles. I was like, man, that's cool. So I like took a second to breathe through the spear. I didn't hit. So if you don't hit, you got to go do 30 burpees. I was like, Dang one it. shot, one shot, oh. one try. If you don't get Yikes. it. And that's yes. Everything was smart. <laughs> one try. If you don't get it, there's either a penalty loop where you have to like run an extra loop. Or you got to go do 30 burpees. Oh so I was like, yeah, I was kind of is one of those like, dang it. I blew it. Like, I was in a good position here. Mm-hmm. Like we're halfway through the race. Really, I think almost over halfway through the race. And I was like, God, I deserve it. So like there's li- there's zero point in, again, like giving that grace, like, well, I failed, but like, I can't change it now. You know? Right. So I went and knocked out the burpees. Well, right after I went into it, another girl that's at the top, she's won world champion or one. She's placed in world champions in the past. Like she's been at the top of the field for a long time. Everyone knows who she is. She came in and she missed the spear and came over and started doing burpees with me. And then part of it was like, good, I'm not alone. Felt bad for her. She's really nice, you know, whatever. But um, knocked out the burpees, ran and finished. And I ended up passing up a girl and I finished just in fifth place. I passed her up like right in the last couple obstacles at the end. Because the burpees like suck. I started out, I was like, my calves are cramping. Like, but I was like, it's not over yet. Got to keep going, you know? So like, I don't know, like allowing that failure, but not letting it define you mm-hmm. almost like, so I was like, I can still run a strong race. I didn't know where I was placement wise anymore. Cause you know, girls come and gone. Some people were doing burpees, whatever. Um, but as I got closer to the end, they had a couple obstacles at the end. And I saw this girl that I'd kind of seen through some of the obstacles and stuff. I knew she wasn't too far ahead of me. A lot of it was strength-based stuff at the end. And I'm stronger than some of the field there. So I was like, I'm going to like, I'm going to give it my all here at the end. And I ended up passing her. They have like a a hoist where they have a sandbag with a pulley up like 20 feet. And Mm -hmm. you have to use that pulley to bring the sandbag all the way up and then lower it down. So I came into that as she was, or as she was still working on it, I came in and started pulling. She left and I left that obstacle like right after I'd like built a bunch of ground. And then there's like this A-frame net that kind of goes up and over. It's a big, you know, big one that they have right at the finish. And I, started climbing that about at the same time as her and coming off of it and finished. I think I beat her about like one second, but it was one of those like, you know, and uh, the girl that I've been doing burpees with, that's like top of the field, like, you know, not even like, like those things get in your head. Those things can ruin your mm-hmm. race. She ended up coming in, I think seventh or eighth or something, but I just, it was one of those, like, I, I, from what I know of her, she does tend to put a lot of pressure on herself. And mm-hmm. I've seen that. And seen her finish, like, dejected and, like, not having a Internalizing race. it. Yes. Right? And I've realized, like, so much, like, and even seeing, you know, everybody then posts on Instagram kind of like their race. Oh, recap my God. And oh, yeah. And they like, you relive seen, it all week. Seeing all the race. <laughs> all week. Seeing all the race recaps where all these racers will be like, this oh. is how my race went and whatever. And reading all those, you see, like, even if these people, like, had a decently good race. It wasn't where I don't I don't even want to put that out there. Like no. I was hoping to do better. Finishing in fifth though was huge for me. Right. With a miss spear. Like I couldn't be happy with it. So would I tell a handful of friends like I was kind of disappointing, like, you know, I like was so close, but I missed the spear, you know. But like putting like putting that out as my summary, to me, like again, kind of a mental game for me, but also on others. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to know that like that got in my head at all. So I'll tell you something that's really important, right? When it comes to the mental game of competition, right? 
something that I do with my non-pros is that when they come out of the show pen, right? When they come out of the experience, when you're you're out of it right then and there, right? Yeah. I never tell them, we never talk about all of the bad things, mm-hmm. right? When you walk out of that, you're done with the competition. It's praise, 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 mm-hmm. right? Everything, you'll find everything. I, if, if it was at least you wore a really nice shirt, I'm going to tell you how damn nice that shirt is, right? Yeah. Because yeah. what the feeling you leave that competition with is the one you will take into the next competition, mm-hmm. right? Whatever you're leaving there, that competition with, you will take with you the next time you walk into that pen, the next time you walk into that arena, or the next time you line up for the race, yeah. right? It's yeah. what you're going to bring with you. So what I want as a coach, right, for you to leave that pen with was accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? Did something good. The other thing is really hard because the way we do it in raining, right, is it is a maneuver judged then you move to the next maneuver and you're judged. And the next maneuver, you're judged. And when you move to your next maneuver, that, if you had a bad maneuver, right, It theoretically at least, in the judging, you're not supposed to bring that with you. Yeah. Right? So he's judging your next maneuver completely independently. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the way it's supposed to be judged. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with yours, right? Once you walk away from that, you're on your time and you're still on course, right? Yeah. If you bring that and drag that baggage with you to the next, you know, four or five more obstacles, yeah. it's going to affect you, right? Mm-hmm. So self-talk is really, really important, yeah. right? And it's not just self-talk, but how you talk to yourself is really important, yeah. right? There are certain things that the brain doesn't hear, mm-hmm. right? The brain doesn't hear the word don't or yeah, don't. So when you're saying don't mess up, your brain hears mess up, mess yeah. up, mess up, yeah. right? It does hear whenever you're talking positive, yeah. right? So reframing the way you say it, right? So when you're running your course and you're coming up on the spear throw, you want to go, I love the spear uh-huh. throw. This is my event. This is my new event. This is my favorite one. I can't wait. I hope they have three spear throws in this one, right? Yeah. Because this is what I do. This is what I love, right? Yeah. When I'm training a horse to do a lead change, right? It was one of the harder things that I had to learn how to train a horse to do. Yeah. And I would do it and I was like, oh, I just suck at teaching the lead change. I'm not good at teaching the lead change. That's all I could think about. And when I started to go, you know what? This is the part I like. This is what I'm good at. I like doing And I didn't, right? Yeah. But I said it to myself enough to where I believed that I was good at doing the lead change. And when I did... I did it with a different feel, right? Mm-hmm. I did it with a, you know, all right, so this is what I'm good at, right? This is what I'm going to do. And I would take that feeling with me when I go and do it. It didn't create the anxiety. It did Because most of the time when you're in competition, right, and you're doing something like running, one of the things that happens when your adrenaline starts to kick in, it's one thing to be running and be exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. But it's another deal when your adrenaline kicks in. When your adrenaline starts to kick in or apprehension or you start to have that, you more of your blood flow leaves your extremities and goes to your big muscle, right? Yeah. So when you do, you lose the dexterity in your hands, mm-hmm. right? So when you're trying to do something like monkey bars, it's not so detrimental. Yeah. But when you're trying to do something like a spear throw, 
where you have to have dexterity in your aim, yeah. you have to have that there. Anxiety builds up and it makes it even more difficult, right? Yeah. It'll make it difficult on the net, crawling over the net because you got to have hand placement. Oh, uh -huh. it's not the physical part of going over the net. It's that actually missing a step. And that's, yep. that's almost like crushing. Yeah. You miss two steps and it's like, oh, it's all gone, yeah. right? Yeah. It's being able to run into it and mindlessly going, I can run this net uh -huh. at full speed, right? And when you do it like that with that mindset, you're going to fly through it. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, right? Yeah. So when you're coming to it, the next thing you do when you come to that spear throw is, I'm good at this. Good. I'm good like this. I was, I'm a spear chunk and fool, right? And come in with that, you know, happiness of doing it. Yeah. At least you're not going to lose the dexterity in your fingers when you go to do it. Yeah. Because of thinking that don't mess up, don't screw this up. At least, just at least hit the wall. And just, all you're doing is you're giving yourself more and more play and more and more room to not, me yeah. to be, you know, worrying that's, more about it, right? That's actually really... I have found the one thing that does help me hit the spear is when I'm holding the spear and I'm getting ready to aim. Like I kind of know where to hold the spear and whatever, but I found what helps the most is like saying in my brain, straight at the target, straight at the target. Because it's really easy. A lot of people tend to like pull their arm back to throw. And then when they come forward, they're tilting it either to the one side, mm -hmm. to up, down, whatever. So I'll tell myself, I'll look at it and I'll say straight at the target, straight at the target. And that helps my hand throw straight at the target. So I've got some of that mental talk, yeah. but I definitely come into it with a bit of bit of apprehension, but again, like I get, do give myself grace coming into it thinking, all right, I can do this. If I don't, it's fine. Like, yeah. but I am going it's to change good, that actually. Yeah. I'm going to get like, more. Like eager to <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, I can't yeah. get to that one, right? This is it. It changes the yeah. way you do it, right? That's it's it's that, that in it, and that's what causes it. That's what causes that, that, that problem, right, is yeah. the apprehension of I yeah. miss this, right? I miss, and I was talking to, um, I think it was one of my favorite interviews was uh, uh, Bill Rogers, uh -huh. um, and he's he was a, a pro golfer, right, okay. like PJ Golfer of the Year yeah. in 1981, right, like an outstanding golfer, yeah. and um, and so you imagine accuracy in a swing free has was his thing that is a thing for a golfer right? yeah he has to have that and how he got himself into that and the eagerness and what he was doing when he was competing was different right being excited to do it and when it changed and it wasn't exciting but he was thinking about don't mess up it changed his whole game mm -hmm. right it made everything different um and just having that mindset of it, it, that was a big opener for me because i would say you know he's going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or I'm setting up for a lead change in the competition. And I got to, I got to get him here. I got to get ahead of him because if he does it, I'm going to, I'm going to get prepared for what he's going to do wrong. Right. Yeah. Instead of thinking like pick up, move over, go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just simplifying it and, and making it with like one thing I need to focus on. That's it. Yeah. Center of the target, center of the target, straight on center of the target, center of the target. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you are a, um, if you're a shooter, Mm -hmm. Right in 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 life and death and in competition competition. Yeah. One of the things that they say is front target front or front sight front sight front sight. Right. The yeah. sight it's not, and you don't even focus on trying to get your back sight in the front sight and taking all that time. It's front sight front sight front sight because if you're doing it and you're standing the front sight, you're going to line up the back sight. Yeah. Right. So your front sight front sight front sight is what you're looking at and you're saying to yourself. It's target, 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 right? Yeah. Not going, oh, you know, I got all this area. Yeah. Don't hit the field out there, right? Yeah. Like you're aiming Just at the focus. field, right? Yep, yeah. yep. 
Because, yeah, yeah your, where your mind goes is where your attention goes. Yeah. 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 So, and that's why I think, like, one of the things that was uh, so fun to watch was that you hadn't competed before. Yeah. Right. So you had no apprehension of competing. And when you went to go to compete, it was just like, ha ha, yeah. I get to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So remembering that yeah. as you get more bigger, bigger races, bigger things to do like that is something that you have to keep. Yeah. You have to keep. Right. Yeah. Um, I experienced that later in my career where I was like, oh, my God, trying to keep what I had. Right. Yeah. As I got older, you yeah. know, and, and you saw frustration on me and horses and stuff. And there was times where I was, you know, where I got frustrated was when I didn't have the talent in the horses I was riding yeah. to match the talent of what I had. Yeah. That's so frustrating. Yeah. Right. Because, and, you know, and there was me not giving grace to them and mm-hmm. what I was doing. It was like, I, you know, it was almost like I felt like I could make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. And yeah. I just realized I couldn't, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, that's a hard thing to do, right? It's a hard yeah. thing to give that part up of I have ridden silk purses and I've done it well with those, right? Yeah. But when I didn't have a silk purse, man, it made it really, really difficult because yeah. I was trying to make one out of it. Yeah. You know? And sometimes um, you just got to meet them where they're at. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And finding the joy in that too, right? So it was almost like reteaching myself how to find the joy in like, and I always had to go back to the part of going like, so I'm riding a horse every day. Like, what yeah. are you complaining about? Yeah. Well, who are you complaining about what? You yeah. know, like, really? Oh, yeah. poor Todd. He just gets to ride horses all day long, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of silly. You yeah. kind of get, you know, so you can't, whenever you get to that point, you got to keep perspective. Perspective mm-hmm. is huge. Perspective is everything. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It, really it is, is everything. Yeah. Um, so when's your next, so what's your next races? What's this um, year going to, so I know you're doing like a lot of like, a series now? Yes. I'm yeah. doing several series. So really? Yes. Basically, well, so I'm doing the Spartan series. Um, my next Spartan series race is going to be in May. Um, and those are, I guess the first two are like that six mile middle distance. And then the last three are going to be the 13, the half marathon distance, basically. So that one in May, um, I'm doing another race brand under the, in the obstacle course racing, but it's smaller one, but it's really well run, which is why I like racing them is Savage Race. And they're kind of more out on the East, Southeast, well, just all, all over the East coast. Um, they're doing a five race series and the same idea where based on how you do in those five races at the end, there's a bigger payout. So the next one of those is beginning of May. So I've got that one and then Spartan. Um, next weekend I actually have, well, okay, before the other series that I'm doing is over the summer is um, a series of hundred milers. They've kind of put together, they call it the Grand Slam of Ultra Running. Whoa. And it's four, there's, they've kind of like identified five of like the oldest kind of like foundational hundred milers in the U.S. And if you do four out of five of those within a summer, they call it like, it's basically a hundred miler a month for, you know, basically over four months. We call it like the Grand Slam of Ultra Running. There's kind of like a really just an extra trophy at the end but I you're was not like, gonna have feet cool. when you're done um so that that's, that's a shout out to your shoe sponsor who's yes. your shoe sponsor ultra shoes all right ultra shoes good care of me and they actually are sponsoring me this year so yeah really i saw cool. that um yeah super excited about that um uh and so hold on real quick because i yeah. want to i want to ask about that so they it looked like those shoes are like what do you call it so now for all of you runners out there, 
I ride horses all day long. I don't know all the different types of shoes and I'm not all into that kind of stuff. But I did notice that they had, it was almost like a, a the, the, the shoe really was a little more like a footprint of a person, like a foot yes. footprint, right? So ultra, so there's kind of two different trains of thought, train of thoughts in running. Um, ultra, there's a minimalist approach and then there's kind of more of a, like the shoe is the answer for everything. The minimalist is kind of like, uh, everybody's built differently, pronating, supinating, all that kind of thing. But kind of the idea of like your foot is a fundamental part of your body. Yeah. And so to just compensate for everybody's different style of running by building a shoe that like accommodates that is actually kind of a disservice to your foot because it just kind of like, and or it, it, it basically like kind of allows you to continue that, like not, or it, it kind of, it almost like handicaps you even further where you're like, pronating where you're running on the inside of your feet like oh that's bad so let's prop up the inside you know give you a bunch of heel support or arch support whatever so then you can like run with this perfect stride which isn't really real like so the ultra basically says like your foot can kind of run however it does your like your body's built to run and the more that you strengthen your feet and all the different nerves and everything that's in your feet kind of more of a like Like the idea of like running barefoot, like humans used to run mostly barefoot and like your feet are actually meant to be fine that way. So Ultra takes an approach of instead of um, a common problem with runners is where their heel strike, where you land on your heel first and then the rest of your foot. And that's really bad for your entire uh, leg chain because it's basically like putting a shock all the way through your joints. So a lot of shoe brands will go, let's put some extra padding on your heels so that when you land, it doesn't hurt your joints as much. Where it's like, the 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 pro like the landing wasn't the problem; it's the fact that you're landing that way. Like it's like well, it so, hurts when I do this. Well, yeah, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where ultras two big things are: it's a zero drop from your heel to your toe. So instead of having that prop up on your heel, giving your heel extra cushion, it's like uh, give your heel less cushion and teach yourself to run on the mid part of your foot. Like huh. with extra cushion, you're like so with less cushion your foot is getting more feedback from the ground you're actually able to like run kind of like your feet are doing the work instead of your shoes doing the work for you and then their other big thing is a wide toe box where a lot of shoes kind of have that like they narrow at the toe Mm -hmm. um kind of because it looks better i'm not really sure what the reason behind that was in the first place but their thing is like your toes are supposed like they help with balance they help again with feedback to your feet your toes should be able to like spread out naturally so they have like uncommonly large toe boxes where it's almost like a square shaped toe do you Um, notice a difference in running those shoes 100 i tried running in like normal shoes and that's i mean i had issues running i was still learning how to run and that didn't help anything well does it mean anything it hurt my toes a bunch like so is that is that have anything to do with the fact that the roglowski's all went barefoot for like (laughs) half their lives so so in the minimalist shoe movement whatever they say like if you've been wearing regular shoes for a long time it can be hard to adapt to the more minimalist and i've it's been very easy for me to adapt to because yeah, I so went barefoot. A I lot. yeah, <laughs> as a child. Like so, her brother would run over here barefoot, you know, down like a mile and a half down the road over here, and they like all run around barefoot. So yeah. one of the things I did, I, I went and tried a pair of those type of shoes out yeah. before, yeah. and um, and it was they were uncomfortable for about two days. Yep. And then they got really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked them. They, uh, just yeah, but well, because it made my so what I noticed was that it 
where I was compensating and allowing certain tendons and ligaments in my feet to contract and hold up really tight, mm -hmm. it allowed for me to stretch those out. Mm -hmm. And that was what was well uncomfortable. And until I got comfortable, it got really comfortable. And yeah. I do like mine. Now, I don't have those shoes, but yeah. I've had another pair that were that were the similar same concept. Yeah. And I really like yeah. them. I really so they say do. it takes a little while because yep. yeah, when your heels are jacked well, up like that. Yep. But you know what? You have to adjust to whether you put all of a sudden you put a new arch in your shoe in order yep. to get that stretched out. What's the but same thing? But it's normally more, instead of making your body work more, it's making your body work less. So it's right. like, oh, this is really comfortable. And then later on when your body, start, I'd say it's like, I mean, a lot of these shoes, it's like putting, it's like the whole idea of like when you put a, your broken arm or something in a cast, mm. your muscles start to, whatever that word is, where they like. Atrophy or that, yeah. Yes. So Contract. if you don't make your muscles work, they naturally atrophy. So yeah. when you put your shoe like in this, or your foot in this big padded shoe, oh, that feels great. But give it a couple weeks, a couple, you know, running on that and all like your legs, your muscles aren't working. So right. then it ends up, you know, they say most of, most running problems are not actually Running problems are shoe problems because yeah. your shoes are... That's funny. And that's a different train of thought. Like, not everybody is on that yeah. train, but to me, like, that logically just makes so much yeah. sense. And I've experienced it. So. My kids, I had those shoes and the ones that I had, um, had separate toes. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. my kids were so embarrassed that I wore them. They're like, Dad, put some... <laughs> like, yeah. You look goofy with those. And yeah. uh, But I wore many. Yeah. I, I think it's partly my job is to embarrass my kids. Yeah. So I do that yeah. quite a bit. Take that seriously. Yes, I do. Um, so, so you're running those in... That's 100 milers. So the 100 miler, I've got... That's, that is hard to get a grasp, right? So yeah. I, just the idea of most people... And it's a lifetime accomplishment to have run a marathon yeah. and you're running a hundred miler. So like what's the, what mile becomes the hardest in that? Like I can't even comprehend it. I would, um, it kind of comes and goes. It kind of comes yeah. and goes. Um, have you had a race like a hundred mile or a 50 mile race where you felt great the whole way? Yes. Really? The last, uh, uh, I guess the last three or four. So I say I felt great the whole way, but I think also a lot of it is back to like, I'm getting mentally stronger mm. and with the coming and going, like knowing that it's going to be temporary and I'll move past it. But again, like your mind is powerful and the mentally knowing I can accomplish it and mentally also preparing myself that it's going to suck. It's going to hurt allows me to physically like, kind of be able to like handle it more. Mm. Um, but I would say, I mean, I would say up to like at 80 miles is where it gets harder and harder to kind of like dismiss the fact that you've been running for hours and hours and miles and miles. And I would say 80 miles is kind of the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm this ready sucks. to be done. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 20, but I will say 20 the more miles. Last... I can't even imagine just running that through my head. <laughs> oh, I only got 20 more miles. <laughs> the last several ones that I've done, I've, thought to myself at 70, 80 miles, like my body feels fine. And it's almost more of like an exhaustion of like, I'm just tired of running at this point. Yeah. Like, I just want to be done. Um, How many hours does it take you to run a hundred miles? It depends. Depends. Um, every course is different. Trails yeah. are different. Um, I've The fastest one I've done, the fastest several, I've done several that are like a I guess 24 hours. Uh, the fastest one I did was just under 23 hours. And then the others have been 24 hours, but there's like built-in breakpoints. So it's been 17 hours of running. 
out of those 24. So it's technically 24 hours, but also technically 17 hours of running. Wow. Um, so those are kind of like my faster, flatter ones. That's got to be a mental push. Longest it took me was 45 hours in the mountains of Wyoming with 30,000 feet of elevation gain. Holy smack. And, and it was 111 miles. And that was, that one was tough. Oof. It was my favorite ones. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. I always say like my favorite one is the most recent one I did. Like I'm still on that high. But I think uh, this is one that I'll look back on and like it was the most challenging thing I've ever done. God, just not stopping has like, got to be the most yeah. incredible. Now I say, yeah, not stopping is, you know, I hike up hills. You stop. They have aid stations like every five to ten miles. So you'll stop and eat food. But it is like a constant push. You don't like stop and take a nap yeah i have stopped and taken naps but you don't stop for a period of time wow that's impressive christiana i don't (laughs) (laughs) um that the name change has been one of those things like like i'm still christiana but like that doesn't sound like me like that's like too like feminine not too feminine it's just it's like, it's so fancy and like, I'm just Chris. Like, I just run. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm like. I'm I just can't Chris. get the young 18 year old Christiana <laughs> out of it. Mm. It's like, I used to give your sister such a hard time calling her Susana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, some fun names. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I, this is really fun. I'm glad. I love talking about the the mental push yeah. on that kind of stuff. And, and, it, and, and I think. I, you know, you getting an opportunity to coach too, mm-hmm. like in the gym and working in the gym, that's got to be mm-hmm. bringing awareness to your own, like it is forcing you to acknowledge it. Most mm-hmm. people don't get the opportunity at a high level to compete at a high level and because a lot of them don't see it as opportunity yeah. to coach at that level or coaching at the same time too, yeah. right? To yeah. coach because, you know, like, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy about worrying about myself or what accomplishment I've got to do or whatever yeah. else. But it makes you realize that, you know, getting in there and, and, and like, I can't imagine your gym has got to be full of the, you know, you know, young mom. Who's mm-hmm. you know going through body changes and uh, mm-hmm. trying to be a good mom at the same time, but not serving herself anymore, and uh, mm-hmm. serving a family. And I mean, that's a difficult place for all women, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a place where most women are the hardest on themselves, mm-hmm. right? And now you're hard on yourself, and then you're not looking like I used to, or whatever mm-hmm. else. And you're getting to actually give a lot of grace yeah. in that area, yeah. right? And being able to coach someone through that, to find the small accomplishments in mm-hmm. that to give them accomplishments in the other parts. Oh, it's been huge. And seeing people, I mean, sim- you know, things like, you know, moving up in a weight or, you know, doing these box jumps. Small where, things, right? Small things where I, and I recognize it now. And I think it's made me more aware of like my mentality yeah. is where I can see. I was like, they're capable of that and they kind of want to know that they are, but they're not sure. And it's really cool to be able to be the person like, hey, grab one one weight heavier than that. And I always say like, I never, I'm really big on like, you know, go at your own pace. Like I never want to like push people into something I'm not ready with for. So a lot of times I'll go and grab the weight and I'll put it next to them, you know, in the middle of this, you know, whatever the set they're doing, I'll be like, hey, I think you can use this weight. Try it. Especially if they're like, oh, no, like I, just try it. Try it for a round or two. If you want to, you can do like half with this weight, half with the lighter weight. Like, and then you see them start doing it and it like, it builds that I little confidence. It, yeah. Or like, you know, the box jumps, like step on it, jump next to it. Like 
Give yeah. like give yourself the chance to succeed. Give yourself the mm-hmm. chance to like challenge yourself and accomplish something. Like, I think that's something that's, really that's cool. yeah, and I think that's something that's really important about learning how like some the some of the smaller things like kipping and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like oh, that's a cheating way of doing a pull up or whatever else. Like hey, dude, it's a start, you know. Mm-hmm. And if that's what we got to do before we do a strict, I mean, like then do what I, you got to do. If you got to do jumping pull ups, do jumping pull ups. Yeah. Who cares? Or push ups on your knees. Yeah, like, whatever. I I got into and older gentleman there said something about push-ups on your knees or girl push-ups <laughs> and oh i did not take that very well i was like no it's a push-up it's a uh, what is it it's a modification to a push-up there's zero gender like and i i don't know that was kind of an aside but even just the modification of push-ups in general like it's no less it's no better like I do need push-ups when I'm doing a lot of push-ups and I start getting tired or when I'm using a 20 pound vest like whatever it is like Drop down. Work within your range. And you should just look at him next time and go, half a marathon's a girl distance. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you do 100? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's an old man distance. Why don't you do the young distance, you know, of 100 or something? Yeah. And so, yeah, but you know what? Yeah. I, I think that's one way that others... It's funny, old school yes. push is like degrading <laughs> <Macho>. push. <laughs> yeah, macho push. Yeah. And I think that, you know... That's trying to fit the mindset of we all fit in the same deal. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, everybody's like... Everybody's in a different place. Everybody's in a different place and we're there for a different purpose, mm-hmm. right? That is that... That's a little bit of that grace, right? That's a little bit of that, hey, you know, it's getting that part. You'll never... Knee push-ups are the beginning place for full push-ups mm-hmm. on your toes, yep. you know? And it's the beginning place for a plank is the beginning place for your first push-up. I and mean, like all that stuff builds. You start somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And there's no shame in starting yes, somewhere. There's nothing oh, less than... There's the only shame is not attempting, yeah. right? The only shame that you have is not... My, I used to tell... Um, when we first started, <laughs> me and Tommy first started doing CrossFit, which I didn't last very long in CrossFit. <laughs> um, I I love jujitsu, and that's my challenge. Oh, right? Yeah. I love I love doing that. Right, yeah. and that is my fitness. Yeah, it doesn't involve any running at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the when I told when we first started and we started doing it, you know, it was you know all we have to do is get in the parking lot. Mm. Like, if I'm in the parking lot, like, no, I'm not going to let anybody see me drive off. (laughs) But all I got to do is I got to get in the parking lot. All I got to do is show up. Showing up is half the battle. I get the the, the showing up. And especially in an environment like that, what's the biggest thing about the the biggest craze about what's going on in this fitness and the way that it's done is creating tribes, right? And that tribe is not a tribe of demeaning and pushing everybody down. It's a tribe of people going and encouraging, like, just just show up. Who cares, right? No, we've all been to wherever you're at. And anything else, I look at somebody that is starting out, you know, 100 pounds different weight where I'm at. Uh I'm like, I got all the feelings for you in the world because I don't want to be there. And that is, you take, it takes more guts and determination from where you're at than it is from my like yours is a bigger accomplishment than mine and they don't see it that way right i see that with i mean we have a lot of even you know older people that will come yeah and to me that is like (laughs) (laughs) oh you roll your eyes yeah Yeah. Uh, no but just to see them show up every day and this is the big challenge in their life is showing up and they i it blows my mind to see the amount of determination and um like what they like i guess it's putting them out of their pushing themselves out of their comfort zone of Mm -hmm. like like just showing up with all these young people that are like having an easy time with this they're doing more 
for their mentality mm-hmm. and for their future than like anybody else. I was like, oh, this is easy, you know? Right. Um, so it's really, that's on it. That's one of my favorite things is seeing older people, less fit people show up, take it seriously. And from where they're at, work hard. Like, Start the And change. then you get to see them progress yes. some. And it, uh, nothing makes me happier than seeing yep. people that start at about zero. And now they're, you know, able, their body, their movement patterns get better. They start getting confidence, like, mm-hmm. every time. I'm like, yeah. this, this is what it's about. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, I always feel a little bit like I've been there. Like, yeah. and it's slightly different, but been the new person, the person that doesn't know anything. Yeah. And like, I think that's something that's, that's lost on the guy that was the jock through school, right? Yeah. That, you know, was just, he's always been there. He's been something, you know, I mean, even when you started doing it at 14, you know, 14 to 19 seems like, you know, forever, but in reality it's not. Yeah. But it is like all of your life from <laughs> what you think at that point. Yeah. That you just can't comprehend somebody going, starting from being out of shape to get back yeah. into shape. And it's just a bigger yeah. step, right? Um, you know, and, and, and it bleeds into everything else. You can't not let the rest of your life start to realize that you, these challenges are, you get start to embrace the challenges of everything else. Yeah. You know, you don't feel conquered by it all. Yeah. So cool. That's the fun part about coaching. Yeah. Right. That adds longevity to your career, by the way, it really will. Um, because you know, you're on top of everything right now and you're going and you're competitive and you're playing at the game at the, you know, at a high, high level. Yeah. And, um, and finding the joy in that in fear 15 years from now takes a little bit of construct, right? It yeah. takes a little bit of work to find that later on. And you can when you find that, you know, you're not just doing it for yourself, but you get to pour into others. Yeah. 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 That's good to be fun. So yeah. cool. I like hearing. I like hearing that you're doing that on the race course too. That you're like, hey, I'm making yeah. friends and um, being finding you yeah. finding the joy in it. Right? I love it. I love cool, it. man. This is fun. This well, is good. Fun. Yeah. I'm glad you good came and did again. this. Yeah. I'm glad you you got to come into town for your brother and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. gonna be fun. Congratulations yeah. to him. Yes, that's cool. Um, so well, cool. Well, next time you're in town, you have to come back by again and give me some right. updates on how you're doing with your with your races and stuff. Yeah. So There's, cool. Yeah. A lot happening so cool any other shout outs i'll give you the opportunity to shout um, out to your sponsors and who's uh, helping and definitely grit fitness um they've yeah i they've helped me become who i am as a person um the shoes and then hyperwear is a kind of my workout equipment brand that started uh, supporting me and um really you know just good people and with good products and yeah it's cool to support products that you believe in, right? Yes. And yeah. that's been, I mean, I've been doing this at a fairly, you know, at a higher level, not this level, but you know, at a decent level for about three years now. And I've had a hard time. Like, I'm not just going to push something that just mm. because they want to like, you know, hey, shout out this and we'll help you. I'm like, I don't even like your stuff. So yeah. it's really neat now to be at a level of like, I can kind of like, now that's somebody I want to work with. That's somebody I want to work with. And so, yeah. yeah, really grateful for it's, some of those. It's cool when you, you know, you got an integrity in what you're doing, right? And then yeah. you get to take that and, and you know, and represent stuff that you believe yeah. in, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the same yeah. thing with me. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about feed, right? And, yeah. and you know, they're like, oh, yeah. Well, oh, I forgot you're a Perina guy. I was like, you know, yeah, I'm, 
I have been for 20 years. It's not yeah. something new, right? Yeah. I mean, it's I've fed That's that for I my entire it. career. Yeah. Why? Because it works. Yeah. You know, and they get the research and they they put into me as much as they put into them and they, you know, and they that we it's been a mutual relationship for a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know, and that makes a difference, right? Those are the ones Joe, you know, if they have any kind of, you know, anything behind what they're doing business-wise and everything else too, they'll be around the same time as you or, you know, yeah. the length of time that you're around. Yeah. So it's good yeah. tough too. Yeah. So, all right. We'll talk to you later, Christiana. All right. Thank you. You bet. <laughs>